0: Yeah, uh, into the other's gang, two sisters, both curious and strange. I like they build when they witty from the brain. It's the magic hour.
1: Mercedes and Jake.
2: This is part 2. If you missed part 1 of this episode, you can find it in our podcast library now. If you're all caught up, welcome back.
1: You've already shared some, but if there was anything that you wanted to share about ways men can upgrade their sex life,
0: yeah, um, you know, it's so for a man to upgrade his sex life, there's a few things, and and I, and I did say this before, but I want to I want to double click on it, which is most men have this unconscious expectation that every every sexual interaction must end in an or like must end in ejaculation, and it's 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 not even questioned. And so when that outcome is already predetermined, then you've kind of like short-circuited in, in like a, an entire universe of other possibilities. Mm-hmm. Chances are it's gonna probably be quicker than you would normally want it to. So I think like one thing I would say to upgrade your sex life is to release this idea of um, uh, ejaculation as needing to be a requirement for every sexual interaction. Second thing would be, you know, Porn. And and I know this is something that like we had on the list to talk about and, you know, porn was something that when I gave it up for four years, one of the fastest things that I noticed that came back were all of those like micro sensations that made being with a woman beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, when, like most porn Guys aren't watching porn from like the very beginning because it's like, it's cheesy and it's stupid. Like, how am I going to watch these people act with like the pizza delivery guy or, you know, the pool cleaner and I'm going to listen to them talk about, no, guys like fast forward and jump into, it's just like now we're ramming each other. It's down the throat. And and when guys condition themselves to that and then go from one clip to another, there's a desensitization that happens, mm-hmm. right? So what happens is guys will bring that into their sexual experiences where they have to pornify their partner mm-hmm. and pornify the sex. So everything mm-hmm. has to be fast. These positions have to be ridiculous. Um, many guys will play um, videos of what they of the, what they watched before instead of connecting with their partner. And I, I talked to countless women about this where they're like, oh, I know exactly when that moment where I turn into just like he turns into porn guy. And I'm just being banged around kind of like a a body for him to masturbate into. Like, like women can feel this and where he's disconnected or he's in his head or he's performing and it sucks. So if a guy wants to upgrade his sex life, a part of it is like, how are you practicing? You know, like, can you wean yourself off of porn? Take a seven day hiatus, you know, Um, maybe downgrade downshift from, Bukakis and gangbangs and whatever else you're into. So something maybe softer core. And can you condition if like if, if softer core porn can't turn you on, there's a problem with that. Mm-hmm. There is a problem if you cannot be aroused by something that's softer. It means that like that you have gone way too far mm-hmm. and you've conditioned yourself, which means that like when you get into bed with a real human being, and we're finding, especially with the millennial population, they're getting into bed with fewer human beings because they can. Like mm-hmm. So easily satisfy themselves with porn. They don't have to face rejection or risk or these kinds of things. They're fantasies they can indulge in without having to worry about expressing it to someone who thinks it's weird. You want to upgrade your sex life. Mm-hmm. Then you really have to be meticulous around the kind of porn that you are watching. And no one else, no one else is going to be watching this, like is going to be making these decisions for you. You have to be the one. And if you don't feel like you have the discipline or the willpower to unwind that, then you need to start talking to other people, other men Mm -hmm. that can serve as accountability partners for you to say, hey guys, for this next week, can we do a challenge? No porn or softcore porn only or whatever. Um, And I found that like when I stopped watching porn and I was in a relationship at that time, my God, like her body like the softness of her body i could feel like the the pads of my fingertips used to be like numb like when i would touch her body i wouldn't feel anything wow. like then when i would touch her like i could feel her softness and when mm-hmm. she would touch me on these different parts of my body i could feel it versus the numbness
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like her scent and her hair like all those little things
1: mm-hmm.
0: so i um and since then and that, that's been 8 years of really practicing like when i'm with a woman man those little parts of her, and there's an endless, there are endless parts of a woman to be explored. You, Like that, that curiosity, that, that mystery goes away when, when we're just like programming with porn.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I want to, I got on my high horse there.
2: No, it was awesome. Yeah. I think for me, what brings, what it brings to mind is this, um, this other piece as well. So like this, the porn addiction is so real, so real. And we're getting deeper into it, as you explained. Um, there's also this piece that I guess I don't hear it really talked about often in this space, but we're going to do it now. So, so for me, a lot of the reason to show up in sex with men and to have a hunger for sex with men in my life has been about getting validation from the man, which means I was completely uh, like subsetting or just completely denying pleasure, receiving pleasure, like the ability for me to receive pleasure for myself. And instead I was receiving pleasure by getting validated by him, which is a kind of ass backwards thing to be doing and extremely unhealthy. And I think that's also born through this porn culture, but also can be born through many other traumas in our early life. Um, so that piece of validation, I think when, I'm when we talk about conscious Kings, you know, and awakening the King within and being a conscious lover and um, getting to know yourself and becoming integral, having integrity, all these parts play into that, that as well. Um, Of being able to recognize when your partner is like, if you're a man and you're able to recognize when your female partner or whatever partner for that matter is coming at the uh, sexual encounter with you from a place of seeking validation versus her wanting to receive pleasure, that's some magical shit. Yeah, You know, some serious shift can happen, I think there, and not to put it all on the man, because obviously uh, me as a woman, I needed to recognize that for myself, take responsibility for myself in that. But if you happen to be the more conscious partner in relationship, guess what? It's your responsibility
0: yeah. <laughs> to kind of
2: start yeah. laying that path.
0: So yeah. yeah, you want to
2: touch on that some, Dom?
0: Totally. Um, so th- thank you for bringing that up. And thank you for sharing that part of your experience yeah. Mercedes. I've, um, I've been with a number of partners who are like completely open and conscious and totally receptive to receiving pleasure. And I've been with others who I think would fall into the, probably like would relate a lot to what you just said. Mm -hmm. And what's, what's been kind of interesting is some of the women who have been similar to what you experienced Mercedes around, like they used, like they used my pleasure as a validation for them. Mm -hmm. I found a theme that many of them wanted to be tied up and handcuffed because it would kind of like be the only way they could surrender to like, just not ejecting from when I gave them pleasure. Like it it kind of became kind of a sign I looked for. Um, So bondage happened to be, not for all of them, but like for some of them seemed to be this thing. Makes sense. Um, And yeah, it goes back to, again, uh, if if I'm the more conscious partner, in in many cases, like I, I tend to be in that situation. It's like really having to create an environment and a setting um, to say, today, this this sexual experience is going to be about you and you only.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not even taking my boxers off. You're not touching my dick. Mm-hmm. Laying you down. Um, here's what we're going to be doing. What else would you like? And I've got some surprises in store for you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be here for a while. And, you know, again, something that you all brought up in, in your pre-questions were, you know, the, like there are three types of potential orgasms that a woman can have. I didn't
1: know that until you, I didn't know that until I heard that from you.
0: Yeah. And then that's not mine. I mean, that, that, that's one of the things that I, I learned from um, reading David Dada's book and the enlightened sex manual. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't mind, I'd love to read you a passage on this. Cause I think it may, it may relate to a short one and then we'll talk awesome. about yeah. the three. So, okay, here we go. Uh, there are three types of women's orgasms. Uh, There's at least three types of women's orgasms. (laughs) At least, okay. Clitoral, vaginal, and cervical. Most women and men know only of the clitoral orgasm, which is a relatively superficial pleasure, a shard of trembling quickness. Without intimate knowledge of vaginal and cervical orgasms, many women remain unsatisfied without ever knowing why. This dissatisfaction may extend far beyond the sexual occasion a woman may feel something missing in her heart she may feel an emptiness a yearning that her man doesn't seem to be able to touch try though he might hmm. so what goes on to be explained in here are the three different types of orgasms so the cervical orgasm is 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 kind of compared to a man's a man's orgasm mm-hmm. it's it's quick mm-hmm. kind of surface level and then it's it's potentially depleting you know like after it's done you'd rather kind of go to bed um, or lay and cuddle, then you know, then then go go further. A vaginal orgasm uh, and, and a cervical orgasm, uh, sorry, a clitoral orgasm may take like ten to fifteen minutes of stimulation. Mm-hmm. It can happen relatively quickly. Some some women take longer than others. The vaginal orgasm is something that happens deeper. It happens on the inside. Um, typically, like referred to as the G G spot orgasm. Mm-hmm. Some women have like a very well-defined G spot, others, not so much. It's, it's not as well-defined and it takes some, some searching, um, from what data says it can be like 30 to 45 minutes of stimulation. Hmm. And it may take for a woman who's never had a vaginal orgasm. It may take like weeks of practice, maybe even months for an opening to occur. Cause there could be closure there around wounds, trauma, um, not feeling safe with a man. There could be stuff that's, you know, in there that needs time. And, and those can be more replenishing orgasms, full body energy shifting. And then the last part would be the cervical orgasms, which I, I haven't experienced with a partner yet. Cause I just learned about these two. Um, and I heard you say it's like connecting to God or something like that. Yeah, like these are these are described as like those transcendent, earth-shattering, mm-hmm. like like you know, kind of God experiences. Where mm-hmm. if you've had one, you know, like you know, it's not kind of like <laughs> I maybe I like, I've had it, and you know, it's, so, some some someone when I said I just got fucked open to God, mm-hmm. um, and and that can take you know up to an hour of stimulation. Wow, and and so that that requires like a a partner. Who's committed to creating that space, to being there, to holding that space, um, and it, it takes—and it takes you to fully surrender, to allow that amount of time and attention and that nurturing and that care, and not having to feel like there's some ledger mm-hmm. that's like, mm-hmm. okay, now that I'm getting an hour of this, I have to give an hour long blowjob tomorrow, mm-hmm. like, like that—that that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, those are the those are some of the big ones. This is, I'll pause there just,
2: there's a, know. yeah, there's a beautiful practice that we did with uh, Maddie moon, who, you know, um, mm-hmm. in her Sisu society when that was, was an active, um, workshop, which was about, uh, basically how you can, uh, fuck yourself open to God. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. And in it, it's my favorite about, practice. Yeah. I didn't know where you were going, but, <laughs> um, And she talks about yearning and longing and that the feminine energy is this, essentially this void that's never going to be fully satisfied by a human man. And that the thing that you need to bring into your uh, sex and your, especially relating with a romantic partner is, you know, the masculine God or however you want to look at it, this God essence that will allow for the satisfaction that women constantly crave for. I think she calls it the four-foot cock of consciousness. So it's kind of (laughs) very visual. That's the Osho name. Mm -hmm.
1: And, but yeah, or the Osho name is the divine fuck. She calls it the um, divine lovemaking or something like that. Yeah, something (laughs)
2: like that. Anyway, it's a beautiful, you know, image of what that means, right? Like you're, you could not be more full of this energy. And that's really what um, you're receiving Mm -hmm. if you can bring God into your, your sex. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of- it's worth. It's worth uh,
1: buying Sisu Society just to be led through <laughs> yeah. that call, and then and then Dom does a um, art of revealing. Is that what it's called with her? Oh, that yeah. was really powerful as well. Yeah. Um, I also love how you you've talked about like holding a woman after she mm-hmm. comes, and that is like I had never. Be, again, that's another thing you introduced me to because I had never even heard anyone talk about that until you. To know to ask for it, yeah,
2: like didn't know
1: we were missing that. Well, usually it's like, it doesn't end till the man comes. And sometimes yeah. she hasn't even come, but the mm-hmm. fact that you stop and hold her after she comes makes, I mean, that's just a completely different practice than people are used to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I've, I found a lot of, I, I, when I say a lot of like, I don't have a lot of partners. I, I have I, like most people think because I have like sex addiction in my history that like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm this prolific um, but especially over the last like you know six or seven years, I've had very few partners, and but I found that many of them have never had this experience mm-hmm. of having an orgasm, and then being able to just like bask mm-hmm. in the afterglow of that orgasm. Because usually they're they're just kind of thrust into the next sexual situation, you know, like the guy mm-hmm. now the guy is going to be taking her in a different position, and and so there there are times where I've been with partners. Where they've, come to a, where they've come to orgasm and, you know, like there's that, there's that climax, there's the breathing, it's coming down. And mm-hmm. as they're coming down, you can almost feel them like turn their attention to me and then start whatever, riding up and down again, or wanting to, you know, go down on me. And I've had to be like, stop, 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 stop. Just feel that. Mm. Just feel that. Keep your eyes closed. You know, mm-hmm. breathe that, like feel that in your body. Let's just hang out with that for a little bit and just like, just drop your body onto me, you know, or I'll, you know, just lay there on the bed. And for moments, just like guiding her through, just take the deep breath. Where do you feel that? I feel that in my belly, great. Can you circulate it up to your chest and down your legs? Feel that in your head. And sometimes we'll just end it there. You know, like we'll, we'll continue to do that. And I'll be excited. I'll still be hard. Um, but I can sense that like she's really enjoying that piece. Mm-hmm. And and then I'll be like, hey, why don't we just take a little break and cuddle? How would that feel for you? And and she's like, You sure? And and and, and it's like, yeah. Um th- that feel has felt really good for some of my partners. Some of my partners are like, no, let's get back into yeah. it. Like, okay, I'm ready to go, you know. Um, <laughs> but but that if you want to talk about upgrading a sex life, right. you know, like one thing a man can learn to do is hold the partner after the orgasm. Mm-hmm. She trusts the shit out of her yeah. after that's yeah. over. Right. Because she now, this is one of the things that David data and John Weinland always talk about, take her deeper than she's able to go on her own.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And like Jade, you just said, I've never had that experience of being able to have an orgasm with someone. I didn't know that was a thing. If you were with a partner, that created that experience for you like in, and took you deeper than you were able to go on your own out of all your sexual experiences, what would that do for your desire for that man?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So much trust is born there. It's just such a script flip of what we're used to in a relationship with men, especially in, in our younger years, where Men oftentimes don't care about the woman orgasming. Well, they don't
1: even want to hold, they don't even want to be like, after they're done orgasming, it's yeah. not even like the hold, it's the rush off to the shower or, uh, you know, whatever it is. And in the Magdalene manuscript, it talks about how like, you know, it has this whole like awakening Kundalini process and all that. And then, um, but it talks about how like, you can awaken your Kundalini and do all that. But if you rush off after like being in her, egg or her bubble or, you know, giving her your seed, whatever it is that they um, term uh, worded it. But if you rush off after that, then like the process is not complete that like, that's one of the main most important steps is that you stay in each other's presence after, after that. And that's that That too was like, that's really hard to get a guy to do.
2: So for a guy to stop before he's even come and just hold is. So much about it. So much of it is about slowing slowing down. down. Mm -hmm. And Dom, when you described, you know, you walking her through this process and then saying like, would you want to just cuddle and just leave it there? To me, that brought up this even like a fear sensation I could feel from my stories of. Am I being selfish? am I mm. like, I need to give more than I receive essentially. Or I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm, I, I wear the mask of saying yes, when I should say no, like this is a core yeah. wound for me, but, um, that comes up for me. And I think for women, a lot of women, they've experienced that where it's like your needs and your pleasure are secondary to yeah. this man finishing whatever mm. he's going to do here. So,
0: here's, here's a great story. So there's a, um, so, I, I have a sexual partner right now. We're not exclusive. She lives in the West coast in Los Angeles and she has another lover that's local. Who's, you know, she's 27, he's 27. Uh, he's not conscious mm-hmm. at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's also, he also falls into that category Jade of like the big dicked guy that like has, like has not learned anything other. Cause he's just so mm-hmm. used to having a big dick mm-hmm. and like, you know, says, um, and he's one of the guys that falls into the category of, uh, he wants her to orgasm for his ego. Not mm-hmm. because he's actually satisfied. This is another thing
1: you've said that really stuck with me.
0: Yeah, I think one of the posts I put on Instagram was kind of like, there, there's two types of guys. You know, the mm-hmm. one type of guy who wants you to orgasm to satisfy his ego. And there's another type of guy who wants you, like who lo- gets pleasure from your orgasm because he loves to see you in your pleasure.
1: Mm-hmm. Know which
0: guy you're in bed with, right? Yeah. And, you know, like Mercedes, I think, there's a lot of uh, you can tell which kind of guy you're in bed with, Mm -hmm. even on an unconscious level. Right. You know, and what, what I love to allow my partners to feel is I am so here for your pleasure. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like when you are in pleasure and when you are going deeper than you've gone before, when you've had an experience that's fulfilling to you, like, there's nothing that lights me up more than that. And and because I've also trained myself to not need an ejaculation every single time that mm-hmm. I have sex. It's like like this watching you reveling and, and and say that example, like Mercedes. If I was with a woman who, who's who's had like your like your life story, yeah, where she's sitting there in bed and now reveals to me, wow, my whole life, like I felt like maybe this is selfish and cool. Let's sit through that. Let's just let that come up. Yeah. Let's let that come up in that 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 worry. And then allow that to pass. What's on the other side of that? You don't even know yet. Trust is on the other side of that. (laughs) Yeah, trust. Cool. And then when that happens, then what happened Then 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 what? Then where do we go on the next sexual interaction? Exactly. Now we're safer, Mm -hmm. and we
2: can you know journey into unknown territories (laughs) and and be adventurers together. But yeah, no, I mean I feel it. You know, as you say that, and it's something I've I've, well, we've played a lot with. here today, but also just generally in my life, that's something I think I'm really playing with now is seeing those stories come up. Like during Mm -hmm. a yoni massage, for instance, I know a lot of women like get weird about yoni massage because you have to be so intimate with yourself in that Mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. Like for me, my first yoni massage was like all this emotion flooding out. It was not about like having an orgasm, not even one little bit about it was. Um, And I didn't know what to expect going in, but then all this emotion came out, all this, you know, I could see the stories of shame. I could see like where I had been like robbing myself from receiving pleasure and to have a partner who has even just a molecule of consciousness, you know, to be able to like, hold space. I'm not saying this, my husband, I'm saying generally like out there in the world, if someone can just hold, if a man can just hold them a, a moment, you know, like slow down for a moment and say like, what is here and let it happen without trying to like fix it, even just let it happen and come to the surface. Um, he's holding space that is going to create a kind of trust that most women are not privy to in their lives. With yeah. Men.
0: I mean, when a man can become masterful at holding space, mm-hmm. like, mm. like the feminine partner can go to dimensions that like a yeah. guy has no idea how to go to, right? right. I mean, like, in, in, mm. and so I get to witness that. I get to, I get to take part in that. Um, like I marvel at the feminine's ability to, to experience bliss and pleasure. I mean, you mm-hmm. have three, at least three different types of orgasms. You know I mean? like, <laughs> and like, we can fuck. have multiple ones and multiples, mm-hmm. right? Like, easily. I mean, yeah. Come on. I mean, like, you know, listen, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have that kind of access. And, and even just like watching a woman transmit mm-hmm. her, her pleasure. Like I, like I can watch a woman sip a coffee and eat a pastry. And if she's like sexually connected mm-hmm. and she's biting into it, and you could see like the, you could see the pleasure. I can feel that in my body. Women can mm-hmm. transmit in a way that like enters my body that like, if I watch this, like a guy who's really enjoying a pastry, and, <laughs> and like, like it, it doesn't have the same kind of radiance <laughs> or electricity. Right? Yeah. So if a man can get really good at holding space and allowing her to go to depths and to like, then that ends up cycling back into that sexual union, yeah. And I've gone to some crazy ass places just because I'm, I'm riding the, like I'm, I'm on the ride.
2: <laughs> yeah, what I think you've to the men listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's such a beautiful invitation to create that space so that she can get into those realms, and you can travel mm-hmm. with her. So to yeah. Speak. Yes.
1: And I know You're we're running leading. out of time. Um, I wanted to touch on. I want to go back to porn addiction a bit because I know you polled two hundred women on three questions. Um, so I wanted to talk about that poll, what the questions were, and what your realizations were through that poll. Um, and then just, you know other things on porn addiction, whether it's tips for men who have the porn addiction or um, I'm get, I, I know a, a lot of the men that I know who have porn addiction were exposed to it by an older man, like either like let them watch it or almost like made them watch it. And so there was like this, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that goes into, if the way they're exposed to it, if that goes into how they become addicted. um, Yeah. And then lastly, I'm curious too, how women can support men in that journey and when it's time to just go, you know, because I, all the women I know who are with men in porn addiction are, they're hurting you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Great question. That's a so, lot
2: of ways to approach that.
1: <laughs> well, you cool. don't have to answer all of those, but <laughs> wh- wherever, those are all the things that I wanted to bring up. And I know you also brought up like, um, something around like, you know, you can use ethical porn, you can use, um, only fans. And I know a lot of men like you, you had brought up like anytime you were having anxiety or wanting to turn off or tune out, you would use um, porn or masturbation or sexting, we, Mercedes and I both have an OnlyFans. And I think a lot of times men may c- come on for that reason and we may entertain it a little bit, but we, uh, or we may entertain it to, you know, get them, um, in conversation with us. And then we also invite them to be more vulnerable with themselves and, and to, um, do things like what we talked about on this episode. So, um, I love that you brought that up as an option.
0: Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm not anti-porn. I'm really Mm -hmm. not. I mean, like, you know, for four years, you know, sex acts anonymous, everything was like porn is villainized Mm -hmm. and I'm not anti-porn. You just need to be, we need to be a lot more intelligent about the kind of porn we're watching, why we're watching it, the effect it's having on our sex lives, the effect it's having on our sexual identities. And when you've been able to answer all those questions, then you can start to decide like what role porn plays in your life. Mm -hmm. And I, I still very rarely, but I still engage in porn every so often. But it's, it's it's it's, it's you know, usually when I'm not with a sexual partner. So anyway, um, I would ask most guys and, and the guys who are listening, if you think about the part of you that you bring to porn, is it the best part of you? <laughs> like, mm. is it your best self? Like when you sit down to watch porn, are you showing up as the greatest version of yourself? Mm. Or is it usually the part of you that's feeling tired, overwhelmed, anxious, lazy. I mean it's it's usually the part of you that's like on some level broken mm-hmm. or fucked up. Mm-hmm. And and if you can recognize that that's the energy that you're bringing, then you also then it can start to cultivate an awareness of what's going on at a deeper level in here, right? Like like kind of put a pause on that. Mm-hmm. So th- that's the first thing I just want a guy to even think about is like who are you when you sit down and you watch porn? It's, mm. it's typically like some part of you that's in a negative energy. So I'm going to ask the three of you these questions uh, or th- these three questions to the two of you okay. that I asked to the women in our audience. Mm-hmm. Number one, do you believe that most men have an unhealthy relationship with porn? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. 64% of women said yes um, out of the 200 that responded to mine. So 36%. So basically two thirds of women believe that most men, have a bad relationship with porn. Number two, have you ever had a partner who seemed to desire porn more than you?
2: No. Desire porn more than me? Yep. Uh,
0: yes, definitely. Yep, okay. 40% well, of women- I should did-
1: say not that I know of. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Could, would you suspect, Jade?
1: I was with someone who uh, was a sex addict and a porn addict, um, but it seemed e- the desire seemed equal.
0: Got it, got it. Yeah, 40% of the, the respondents said yes. They had a partner who desired seemed to desire se- uh, porn more than the sex with them. And then 60% said no. And then the last question I would have for you is a man who watches porn a deal breaker for you? No.
1: Uh, if it's a regular occurrence for me, yes. But like you said, if it's like every now and then, then no.
0: Okay, so, and Mercedes, you said no, it's not.
1: No, but I'd like to add that it does change dependent on how he's using it and what he's like, I, I'm so involved in the sex trafficking, um, like trying to end sex trafficking. And I know that there are, that, that, that money goes hand in hand. Even if you're watching free porn, the ads are generating money and that fuels sex trafficking. Um, I, I, that's a really big topic, but because that's such a passion of mine, I, there's no way I could be with a man that, that does that. So it's more of, so it's not, it's not about like that he's watching another woman. It's more about where the money's going to.
0: Jaden, and like, I, I celebrate that part of your work. I've seen, you know, a lot of your posting about that. And mm-hmm. most guys don't even stop to consider like mm-hmm. the 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 system that they're, you know, that we're perpetuating. Um, there, there's a documentary that Lisa Ann uh, t- turned me on to. It's called Hot Girls Wanted on mm-hmm. Netflix. Yeah, I've
1: seen it. I've seen that, yeah.
0: Heartbreaking, you mm-hmm. know, heartbreaking. And it doesn't get into the child sex trafficking, but it does get into kind of like how, Vulnerable women are, are manipulated into this industry, chewed up, spit out, you know, abused, put in violent situations. And guys, like if you're watching porn, with like you go into these big porn aggregators, porn hub, razzers, RedTube, red tube, or whatever else is out there right now, and you're just indiscriminately going on, it's you know, you are perpetuating mm-hmm. a system where there are like child sex trafficking and other things. So, you should be asking the question like, "Where is the ethical, free range, mm-hmm. organic porn?" And you need to know that before you go in there, because like when Nike was using child child labor to build their shoes, or you mm-hmm. know these other companies, like you voted with your dollars. Mm-hmm. And until we stopped and, and demanded better, did, did the be the, did did some of those conditions change? Mm-hmm. So I, I needed to put that in there, Jade, because yeah. you brought that up. And thank, thank you. For that. Yeah. So. When it comes to porn, especially in partnership, here, here's one of the problems that I see. So many guys like are not in partnership and they're indiscriminately using porn, building a habit, and it becomes a ritual. And it, like a lot of guys use porn daily. And that's like,
1: where they're getting their sex tips. And that doesn't, it's like, I've heard that saying, um, it's like watching, uh, what's that like race car movie that everyone with Vin Cal Diesel?
0: Oh, uh, uh, Fast and uh, Furious. Fast and Furious. It's like watching
1: Fast and Furious to learn how to drive is like the way I've heard it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're getting their tips that way, but they're also building a habit pattern. Mm -hmm. Throughout the course of the day, they're checking porn three, six, 12 times. And now they end up in a situation with a partner. And all of a sudden, you're supposed to take all that energy that you've dedicated throughout the course of your day that's been reinforced into a, a partnership and to go cold turkey like that, like taking six cigarette breaks a day and then Mm -hmm. getting into a relationship and stopping smoking. It's, it's very challenging to do. Mm -hmm. And most guys don't know how to bring it up in their sexual partnership because their partner may be triggered by sex or by, 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 by porn. So it becomes a secret. Mm -hmm. And there's also, you know, like when I pulled, when I pulled the women in my audience, a lot of women were very triggered by porn Mm -hmm. and would have like destroyed a man for bringing it up. Mm. Um, and so guys just kind of keep it a secret. They continue to watch it. Uh, the partner doesn't know, but kind of knows. And it becomes kind of like this thing that ne- never gets talked about, but it, 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 there's a wall in between the two. So what would my guidance be in that situation, especially as like we're talking about having better intimate relationships? Mm-hmm. Men need to understand the habits that they're building. And and like, if if you are... And if you're single, but you want to end up in a relationship, you got to understand the habits that you're building right now. Mm-hmm. And if like, if you're showing up every day, six, 12 times a day, like it's it, like, it's not going to turn off when you end up in a relationship and you got to be willing to know how to talk about that with
2: mm-hmm. your feminine
0: partner. And when it comes to women who end up in partnership, I would say, even if you don't like porn and you're triggered about it, you have to learn how to be safe to talk to about Yeah. It. Cause if, if like, if you explode when a guy brings it up mm-hmm. and he realizes that it's like the third rail. The floor, same with
1: your sons. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: exactly. Like if, if you want your sons to talk with you about it, but then you kind of come down with the force of God, and then, then like he You're will. You're no he, longer a safe place. Yeah. He'll never bring it up.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your second question, will you state your second question again that you asked,
0: Have you ever had a partner who seemed to desire porn more than he desired you?
2: Yeah. So this is, I think something that a lot of women deal with that don't realize they're dealing with. So in the sense of, um, I'm going to use it in my own personal relationships, uh, I know that in bed with me, the sex is desired. And when we get to that place where we're connecting uh, intimately like that, the sex is desired. However, the slowing down is what becomes the undesirable part, which is because of the the practice of porn that shows you the fast and the furious, you know, Mm -hmm. method and the slowing down and taking time with a real human being woman is what I think a lot of men or especially men that I've had this experience with are almost like allergic to just because they don't even, they, first of all, don't know that it, the, the benefits that can come with it, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, uh, they already know this is the way I get off and it's easy and quick. And I don't, and they built up all these other reasons to not be intimate with their partner or themselves, which is the bigger part. Um, because of their own shit that they need to do shadow work probably on. Um, And they have brought that into the bedroom and said, Oh, this is taking too much time. Oh, you're going to take 30 minutes to to get Mm -hmm. to a place where I can enter you and finally have penis and vagina sex. Like that's just too much time. I don't desire this. It's not that they don't desire you as a woman. If anyone's listening and can relate to this, it's that they don't desire being intimate with themselves because it's fucking scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to slow yes. down that much would mean that they would have to actually experience self-intimacy.
0: And, and, and one of the things, Mercedes, to make this even more po- like poignant for, for yeah. the man who does exactly what you're talking about, which is he's learned what's made him pleasure, like, what, like he's learned his pattern. Mm-hmm. And then he'll do that with you. And every guy will have like, like a ticking time clock where it's, hey, it's two months, it's three months, it's six months, where that becomes boring for him. Yeah, And then he needs a new partner. Mm-hmm. Because he's running the same pattern. And when he's doing, the, and he, he's, he's, he's pigeonholing you into like that own one. And and, and I've seen that with so many guys. Brian Stacy, my podcast partner, said that like that, that used to be like what how he used to roll. Mm-hmm. I used to roll that way too. When when you learn how to slow it down, mm-hmm. when you learn all these other realms of of sexual exploration, mm-hmm. then you realize that like your partner, she's got like you could. You can be the kind of guy that has sex with a thousand different women or you can be the guy who has sex with one woman a thousand different ways. Right. Mm-hmm. And every like I believe that every every feminine partner has the ability to have an infinite number of sexual ways that we can explore together, but if you're running one pattern as a dude, mm-hmm. you're going to get tired of that partner, you're going to blame it on that partner and it's not that partner's fault, it is your fault. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it's so slow. What I'm hearing here is slowing down leads to birthing creativity into your sex life. The, the variety that you're seeking for is actually the slowing down is what can create that in whatever relationship you're slowing
1: down to not have like a slow death. Basically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I heard a comedian the other day say something about like, y'all men are complaining about fucking a dead corpse in your wife. You know, your, your wife is like a dead corpse. You killed her. <laughs> 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 That's funny. That's so true. Who said that? Who's I don't funny? remember. I'm having to look um, it up. I forget. But I do want to ask you specifically about sex workers, because like Jade mentioned, we consider ourselves sex workers in the field of working in OnlyFans and having men mm. enter this work. Um, the work that we do, we end up doing with them, but enter this work through that sexuality on the forefront piece. Since so many men are willing to go there, they're not afraid people, of that.
1: W- people try to shame us for, you know, being on OnlyFans, but Mercedes and I always joke, like, if your boyfriend's on OnlyFans, you better hope he's on ours because
2: we're like <laughs> telling him to read David Data and things like that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so I guess my question to you is, being a, okay. So, so being a, um, you know, sex addict or having come through this, this world of, of, of looking into how you have gone into sex without intention, right? Without consciousness necessarily, um, for, for a large part of your life and then getting confronted with knowing porn stars, like you said, one of your good friends was a former porn star, or now knowing us who are sex workers and we have our OnlyFans for kings is what we call it. Um, how, and not to, and by the way, there's a lot of girls with OnlyFans that aren't thinking about how to make a Yeah, bridge, we're not saying we're you know. doing it better. That's right. what we mean. Yeah. <laughs> right. But men are entering this space Because they're comfortable with the the sex worker on the forefront and the sexiness on the forefront, they're really they know that well, you know, through porn and what we've already discussed here. What is your outlook on that? And is there are do you see that there can be a bridge from entering uh, sexy, sexy looking um, work? And translating that or sexy looking, uh, something like, that's sexy Can that also looking. lead to liberation is what you're trying yeah, to Yeah. Can that translate? Can you enter something like we're trying to do with our with our OnlyFans and with our workshops and that type of thing? Can you enter something that's sexy at the forefront and allow it as a man to tr- to be a bridge for you to get to inner work and get into yeah. intimacy work and this type of thing?
0: Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, I, f- I find like... Most guys need a Trojan horse to actually get into the inner work. <laughs> and you know, like all Trojan horse things like how to last longer in bed and five practices to be a mentally tougher man, you know, like these kinds of things that will yeah. eventually get guys into their hearts and their emotions and then thinking about purpose and these kinds of things. And sexuality absolutely is one of those ways. And I mean, for me, you know, when I hit my like my first bottom. One of the first books, personal development books I ever read was The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is like mastery around sexual energy, which is what taught me breath work, which has taught mm-hmm. me how to last longer, which has taught me how to hold space for women in being a masculine man. And so like when I recognized that I was having better sex through these inner work uh, components, then I got really curious about what are mm-hmm. these other dimensions of inner work? That was, that was really truly one of my entry points. Mm-hmm. And so if the two of you are at the forefront of, hey, come to our OnlyFans, we're two beautiful women, we know how to speak to kings. And, you know, like, I'll meet you where you are Mm -hmm. because you think you're just gonna get like this beautiful woman with a beautiful body who knows how to speak centrally. But I'm also gonna hit you over the head with a little bit of read David Data (laughs) and do some of the spinner work stuff too. Yes, like you've met them where they are and then you start to guide them where they need to go. Mm-hmm. And one of, I, I do think that like one of the, the cool offshoots of this COVID era was like mm-hmm. the like, explosion of OnlyFans and mm-hmm, how many mm-hmm. people, you know, how many new sex workers ended up in that space and how it's actually broadened mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the sexual experience where it's not just this like one size fits all porn. Totally. Right? Like the, 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 there's one woman who's a, a listener of our show. Her name is Anna Winters, who does like these uh, audio um, erotic porn oh. that like I started listening to every so often. I'm like, Oh, that's cool because it actually requires that. Like I yeah. visualize and it slows yeah. things down. And
1: I really like that actually I love it's, that. You're, you're using your imagination. Um, what I, a common, a common message I get from women is that using sexuality as manipulation. And basically it's like witchcraft. Um, you, you know, it's like the religious programming. Um, but that, uh, From men, it's mostly and this is mostly like men who care about us, but it's mostly like, well, they're not going to take you seriously like they're that's not what they're coming there for. Um, So it's like those are the two common um, messages. But I know that those are all
2: true. (laughs) <laughs> I know that what my intuition, I don't feel that it's, if, that it's witchcraft. Um, well, it is witchcraft in the sense of why were witches burned at the stake in the first place, right? Because they were so powerful with right. what they were offering mm-hmm. that it was scary, especially for, you know, the, the patriarchy that was being born. I don't even like to mm-hmm. use that term as a, as a negative, but this dogma that was being born mm-hmm. that we can't have these women that are intuitive, aka magic or psychic. Mm-hmm able to express their power in the world because we can't contain that.
1: Yeah. That's well, scary. when I was getting a lot of those uh, messages from men and women, I, I did like take on that shame and I got a lot of pain in my left shoulder blade for a while that I couldn't get rid of. And um, my, in, the intuitive that I spoke of earlier in the show, her name's Mary Margrave. She's amazing. She um, the message she gave me that really resonated with me was, um, like sexuality in its purest form is when you like merge it with spirituality. So like, you know, post the sexy images and bring with it your gold, you know, it's when it's, it's when it's in its lowest form that it's void of spirituality is when it becomes the porn addiction and the sex trafficking. It's, it's when you come at it and you're using both that it's like, that is, that is like um,
2: the highest form. Yeah, and even yeah. biblically, that like Jade, you've talked about this a lot. Mary Margrave, maybe be one of the people who brought it up into our lives as well, is Mary Magdalene, right? Mm-hmm. Of the Bible, the whore and the holy woman. She mm-hmm. is a witch of all witches. Like she literally was able to take those two concepts that in our world right now, the world, you know, society sees it as contradictory, but they can live together. That's what we're doing with our work, you and I, Jade, especially with our OnlyFans, and saying, like, yeah, you, you know what? This is existing. We are mm-hmm. alchemizing. Well, these she was called contra-
1: a whore. She was called a whore. She wasn't actually a, she wasn't actually a prostitute. She just was a taunting teacher. Doesn't but matter. I, I know. I, just, <laughs> I don't want people to discredit everything you're saying just because of that one word. So I want to clear that part up. Yeah.
2: Um, the thing is, the people who are going to discredit it are just not ready for the work. They're just not there yet. And they'll come around because this is where they're getting the, the exposure, you know, mm-hmm. and it's probably something that's taboo enough to interest them anyway.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, go back to the witchcraft comment. Like, I mm-hmm. do believe it's witchcraft, but I believe witchcraft is like a powerful thing. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. It's, it means mm-hmm. it means it's it, like you can, like you said, alchemize and transmute. Witchcraft is given like this bad term.
2: They call it sorcery, um, the male version.
0: And suddenly right? it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And and I mean, and here's the thing. It's like, because we live in this world where like sexuality seems to like, like there are these powerful forces that want to control sexuality and have like a very strong opinion about how sexuality should be portrayed and show. And th- these are, you know, in many cases, religious institutions, these kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. Cultures versus like you two get to choose exactly how you want to portray and share your sexuality. That is your mm-hmm. choice. Mm-hmm. And yes, there may be many men who have been conditioned to looking at the way that you portray your sexuality as, I'm not gonna take you seriously, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But that's their conditioning, right? That's what they've learned. And there are plenty of other guys who look at what you're doing as empowered, as beautiful, as, and, and, then, and then are open and receptive to like the deeper levels of spirituality that you're embedding in there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I do believe that like, we're having some sort of sexual renaissance where mm-hmm. what you two are doing in the next few years is going to be much more um, prevalent. Yeah. It's going to be much more embraced. People are going to see beyond because most guys are not used to seeing like two beautiful women like you who are also ha- have this kind of depth, who are also ringer, you know, who also do MMA stuff. Like they're not used to seeing that. They, they have like a very specific box. Stereotype, sure. First. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just about like breaking that box and then showing Mm -hmm. them what you got. And I'm sure like, you know, like some of your bigger fans, longer, longer tenured fans, like see exactly what you're doing. Mm
2: -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to finish this little combo, this piece of the combo off is, you know, we talk about this a lot, Jade, but we are pioneering something. We're at the, the forefront of, of this, adventure you know and so we are the ones who are going to be burned at the stake so to speak luckily it's not literal like it was for for quote-unquote witches in the day um we get to try again essentially and take you know what our grandmothers and grandmothers grandmothers uh, worked for for a long time and bring it back around like this is i think the right time it is the renaissance of this work and and it might come with um like I always say, objectify me, like feel free to objectify me. It has literally nothing to do with how I subjectively feel sexy in my own body when I took this photo and posted it and put this caption with it, whatever my, you know, however I'm putting myself out into the world. And when someone, man or woman comes to that and says, you're just gonna get objectified. No one's gonna take you seriously. Your your plight is gonna be completely fruitless that's their projection onto mm-hmm. my work. It has literally nothing to do with me because I know exactly my intention. I know my particular worth and also that I subjectively feel a certain way in my body um, when I do the things I do and when I give the work I give. So it's really, it doesn't affect me, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also right. see that for women and other people that are going to come to this work and I, I think there's going to be a big movement, you know, create a whole... Hopefully, it's a huge movement where we all can adjust. I think that they do need to understand that that objectification that's gonna come at them is something that they're going to have to figure out how to separate themselves from, that it Mm -hmm. isn't actually about them. It's just like when your man loses his boner, it's not about you, it's his (laughs) own work. (laughs) The person objectifying you, that's their work.
1: I Uh, wanted to, we have a lightning round of questions uh, right before we close off. And I I did wanna go into how you talk about like, if you want the king and your man, then like to speak to his king energy, like Mm -hmm. tell him you're my hero. And I love that. But I did not know that you know so much about the menstruation cycle and and (laughs) men's involvement in that. So I rather, if you have time, I rather touch on that. Um, If you don't, then we understand.
0: Hell yeah. I'm always here for a good menstrual cycle conversation. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) One of the One of the one of the delights about running our own podcast, which is called The Great Man Within Podcast, is we cover these topics that I never would have, you know, sought out otherwise. And we ended up interviewing these two brilliant women who wrote a book called Wild Power. And it's all about like unleashing the power of your menstrual cycle. And the book was published by Hay House. They've been doing this work, teaching women how to align their energies and their lives around the four seasons of their menstrual cycle. And what we what What Brian and I, my podcast partner and I, you know, we're really curious about is, you know, this thing that we've been taught is mysterious and it's a woman's business um, that we're not supposed to have any role in. Like, how can a man play a supportive role in that? How can we understand it more? And, you know, most guys have been taught that it's like, oh, you know, like like these are some of the off color jokes that most guys grew up with, which is don't trust anything that bleeds every 28 days and doesn't die you know what I mean? Or she's PMSing. And like, these are like, these are like, you know, these are real things that guys are. Or guys
1: will even like, when you're not on your period, be like, are you on your period or something?
0: Like that. Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or your period is a, uh, an inconvenience towards mm-hmm. sex. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's, yeah. it's like to a man, the, the menstrual cycle has inadvertently become just like this evil, Mm-mm. And, and, and what I've learned in like my conscious communities over these last few years, and I've seen so many women, like, just talk about the magical powers of it and how they've transformed their entire lives by understanding the four seasons of their cycle, mm-hmm. like winter, spring, summer, and fall. And how each of the, um, the different periods, or the, the, the different parts or the seasons of their cycle can, can dramatically affect the energy, the sex drive, the spontaneity. And so when, when I started to read the book Wild Power with my partner, the 27-year-old who's you know living across the country, what, what we started to learn was that when she's in her, let's say, autumn phase, which is typically known as the PMS phase, right? Mm-hmm. She gets really tender. She gets really introspective. And she's got a fucking bite to her, man. I mean, like, you know, like the stuff that she's been holding on to, those resentments... That mm-hmm. stuff comes out. There's no filter, and she and she's sharp, digs it in, right? Mm-hmm. And she is not at all sexual, or like let's just put like her sexuality like drops mm-hmm. you know, like off, off a cliff. So the days leading up to you know her fall, her autumn cycle, you know are kind of like you know her ovulation, which is like the highest point of her sexual energy. So we could be doing all these sex, you know, sexts pictures, fantasies, phone sex. And then it drops off a cliff mm. and I'm left to not know what's going on. She doesn't know what's going on because she hasn't read the book, you know. But now now that we see, here's what happens at these different stages of the cycle. She's like, hey, Dominic, I'm in autumn now. And and I can feel her asking these deeper questions about her life. She's not at all concerned about sex. She doesn't want my dick pics. She doesn't want to talk about <laughs> her. She doesn't want to watch the videos that we filmed together, you know, like these kinds of things but I can meet her there and then like, you know, hear some of those things that she's been holding on to that I've done or that, you know, she wants me to know about. When she moves into the winter cycle, which is like her bleed, um, something else starts to happen. She's not as, um, as, I guess you could say, uh, she's still introspective. She's still kind of like in her inner world but she becomes a little bit more sexual. She wants to engage more. She's deeply intuitive at that time. Like these are where some of her bigger visions come from. And then as she merges into spring and summer, she becomes like the superwoman, extroverted energy. She's a fitness instructor. And now she's out creating everything. She's redecorating her entire apartment. She's really concerned about what's going on in my life and asking me a lot of questions about me. Um, Whereas like during the winter Mm -hmm. and the fall, she's much more like kind of inwardly consumed. So that has brought an entire new level and depth of intimacy in our life um, to communicate with our sex, uh, with understanding what she needs and how I can support her during that. And also not to take some, not to take shit so personally, you know, because now I know where she's at. Mm -hmm. So I would, it's revolutionized not only how she's like organized her day and her energy um, and given herself permission to relax, like when she's in those autumn and winter phases, but it's revolutionized our dynamic too, from a yeah. sexual and relational mm-hmm. perspective.
2: Yeah. I will say my own experience there is coming to the, one of my most passionate places that I study is in, is in the endocrine system and hormones, especially yeah. female hormones. And in learning some of that work, I would share with my husband, like, Hey, I really want to get you on board with like this app that kind of tells you where I'm at and what symptoms or what symptoms, what, um, you know, things you can look out for and how you can navigate better with me, or I can, anyway, for two years, he was extremely resistant to that. So mm-hmm. just to speak to that story in men, you know, in our culture of like, I don't want to look at this thing. It's not for me. And he's raised by a woman. He's had women around him his whole life. Like he is more exposed to this than most men. So I can imagine it gets only (laughs) worse from there as far as the resistance goes. But yeah, was that something that you had to overcome?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of, a lot of women don't understand their menstrual cycles. Don't mm-hmm. understand like, because it's been so surprised. I mean, like the menstrual cycle has been vilified Excellent. from, you know, from a societal perspective, <laughs> if you think about like how our business world is set up. It's about hyper-masculine, aggressive hit goals, like, you know, and go, 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 go. And the menstrual cycle is like truly a 28 day, like ritual, like a, mm-hmm. like a death and rebirth. Mm-hmm. And like the hormone, the the, the hormonal fluctuations are, are 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 tremendous during that period of time and we expect someone to show up the same way every single day so like when when a system is set up that way um then then like it can it can appear that a woman is unstable or crazy um especially like when it's like when we set it up in that in that sense mm-hmm. and women are uneducated so even though like your husband's been raised by women around most women most not educated on that. Yeah. Educated. Right. Mm-hmm. So it just, it just filters like they probably feel sure. that they're on some level. And this book and the podcast that we did, let's like, just made it so clear. And there's so many answers here. And okay. So like the, like the case to be made, why should like, if you're a man listening to this um, well, if, if you want to understand, if you want deeper intimacy with your partner, if you want better sex with your partner, if you want to be a man who can lead in his relationship, right? And like with, with my partner that I'm not exclusive with, I was the one who brought wild power to her, mm. you know? Like, and I signed her up for the six-week course that they offer uh, online. And and she looks at me as like, holy shit, this guy, you know? Like, like yeah. I've never had a guy bring something like this. Care to about the, this, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. She'll I mean, never forget compl- you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's, That's up. what's up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mostly one of the biggest com- <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of the biggest complaints I hear from women is my man leads in every other area of his life except a yeah. relationship. He mm-hmm. leads in business, he leads in his physical well-being, mm-hmm. he leads in his it's hobbies, bad. he leads in his passions. And then he just kind of like, you know, he's like a like a limp dick when it comes mm-hmm. to yeah. running a relationship.
1: So many women feel that way.
0: So if if like guys. One way that you can show up is like, like read this book. Um, you, know, you can, you can, you can Google like our podcast, the great man within podcast, listen to the man's guide to the menstrual cycle. I would start there. Cause it's like a 50 minute mm-hmm. episode. It'll blow your mind. And don't force this, don't force this book upon your woman, mm-hmm. um, but just like get to know it. And then maybe just kind of like lob out some breadcrumbs, you know, seduce yeah. her, see if like she has an interest in it and and maybe buy the book and well most the- of us want to feel less crazy so I don't know any women who won't be into it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. But, but 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 most women you know like women have to come to it at their own time sure. just That's like true you know, like yeah as you're trying to awaken kings mm-hmm. you know that like a guy who has stuff forced upon him is just like whoa slow it yeah down, buddy. Like, and yeah. it can also
1: seem like a man asking a woman to read a hormone book is almost like the man's like please like right.
0: <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Be, be less yeah. crazy. And, it's, yeah. and, it's not, yeah. and it, it yeah. can't come off that way. It's got to be, mm-hmm. you know, from a, hey, like the, the, the way that it worked for me and my partner, it was just like, you know, these last three, these last three winters of yours, these last three times mm-hmm. where you've been menstruating, I can tell like, you know, you've asked some really difficult questions about your life and you seem to be, you know, mm-hmm. kind of down and you need some support and I want to be here for you. I just read this book and like there's a lot of answers here can I read a passage to you that I underlined and that made me think about you and and she was like yeah and then when I read it to her she's like wow and I'm like guess what she's like what my book's coming your way (laughs) and and I'm like I'm like no pressure to read it but like when it's there and you're ready to go for it and um and then there was there was an event that happened that like kind of created this thing where we both decided to read the book together and
2: You know what? And sometimes I think it's okay to have a little bit of pressure from your partner in that Mm -hmm. sense of like, I do want to show up for this person. I mean, that's okay. You know? Yeah. Um, This is such a, I'm so glad that we got to address that with you. I think it's so important. And I wanted to throw a caveat, uh, really nothing we have to comment on, but I just, the thing that gets left out most in this work with men and women talking about menstruation, talking about the menstrual cycle and how all the ebbs and flows work is the, the, the wrench that gets thrown in is birth control where yeah. now we're on a hormone that doesn't allow the, the regular ebb and flow. So you have to also consider that there's a lot of beautiful books, um, to look at with that one's called your brain on birth control. So if that ever interests someone who is on birth control or is with a partner on birth control, I can help you kind of guide through that too, because it's a completely, it's a whole nother layer of this thing. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we're gonna get into mm-hmm. our quick staple questions here with you, Dom. Um, and the first one is, if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say?
0: I thought about this one for a while. And you know, the thing that eventually came up for me was the most important part of that hug is not what I would have to say, it's how it would feel mm. for my mm. younger self. And we rely so much on words when oftentimes it's like really about that feeling, mm-hmm. the, the warmth, the embrace, the, the grounding. Mm-hmm. And I think about how we hug today, it's kind of like these chest to chest kind of crotch out hugs where we're baby burping people on the back. And, and like my younger self would have really wanted that, like that long, warm, as long as you need it kind of hug. And, and I think if, if I were going to use words for my younger self, the words that I would have wanted to hear is, no matter what, I love you.
2: Hmm. Gosh, I love the fact that you bring up needing to feel held yeah. as a man yeah. too. I think that's something men are really worried to, to be able to voice or even be with is to mm-hmm. be held. Like sometimes that is what you need and that's
0: okay. Yeah. We we still have that inner child inside of us that needs to be held. Mm -hmm. And most guys have no idea what it feels like to be held. And, you know, the feminine partner can do that or other guys can, can hold that for you too. That's Mm -hmm. why men's work is helpful, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's cathartic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be?
0: Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Oh, I've, I've read, um, you know, probably three hundred books over the last decade, and that is the number one most influential book of my life. And the reason for it is Napoleon Hill's most famous for the book "Think and Grow Rich." Mm-hmm. And outwitting the devil, he, it, he interviewed twenty five thousand people over a twenty year period. Think about this: twenty five thousand people. That's twenty five hundred people. Uh, that's mm-hmm. uh, over a twenty year period. Mm-hmm. So over a thousand people a year. At the end of their lives, who felt like. Mm. Their life was a failure. Wow, you know what I mean. They didn't live their purpose. They felt their life was. They left chips on the table. Mm. And he mined their secrets. He wrote the book Outwitting the Devil to help prevent those of us who don't mm. want to let end up in that space. And it's a conversation like the the devil. It, it's like a conversation with the devil, which is this distillation of twenty five thousand dreams lost. Yeah. it's kind of like the field guide for how to break free from meandering through your life and how to live a life of intentionality
1: that's, that's outwitting the devil
0: yeah outwitting, the,
1: outwitting devil. the devil i thought you were going to say the enlightened sex manual um cuz i see you reference it so much but um yeah. i've never heard of this other one i'm excited mm-hmm. to get it me too
0: i've, I've read I've, I've, think and grow rich that's a thing yeah. i have but mercedes if you if you liked that mm-hmm. outwitting the devil will just like knock your soul it, it was it was a book that was buried uh, out, Think and Grow Rich was, was released in like 1938, 1939, during the Great Depression. Outwitting the Devil was buried by his family for about 70 years because wow. they were afraid of, of what was in the book. And it was released during the Great Recession in like the mm. 2011 timeframe.
2: That's fascinating, especially because we are in, in, you know, another renaissance of us. Finally, a lot of us actually going after our bliss, listening to our daemon. You know, letting our soul guide us to the work we're here to do and all of that. And I could see during the Great Recession, where it would be like, nah, like we need Mm -hmm. to just get to the grindstone and just work whatever it is to survive here. Wow. Yep. That's fascinating. Okay. If you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be?
0: Like the like if if you were to take the 32-year-old Dominic and hear what I'm about to say, I would have smacked this version (laughs) of me upside the head. But The three words I would say one phrase over and over again is love heals all. And this past weekend, I actually, um, I did my very first LSD trip (laughs) and I've worked with psychedelics like mushrooms and MDMA and ayahuasca. This is my first LSD trip. And I had a friend come over and supervise and hold space for me. And I had a chance to really see at the very like most microscopic of levels, the reason why like, we we hate the reason why we have violence, the reason why we have so much pain, the reason why we hurt is because there are these like tiny little fears, unmet needs that with just a dash of love like like we can short circuit that that trajectory that leads to violence that leads to pain that mm-hmm. leads to self loathing and and we're really shitty at that right now. We know how to yell at people. We know how to argue with people. We know how to condemn people. We know how to cancel people. And, and I understand that there are a lot of oppressed groups that absolutely need voices heard. And so like there's an anger that's rising there that needs to be heard in a different mm-hmm. way. But there are a lot of other places where like there is more capacity to love. And if we can learn how to sprinkle a little bit more love on these situations, even when we 're right or we think we're right or we're justifiably <laughs> right. angry um, that we get to a much better place much faster mm-hmm. than we do with anger canceling, trying to beat someone in argument so mm-hmm. love heals all mm-hmm. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that um, if you could have the world or sorry <laughs> before we let you go, I thought I had these memories before we let you go, where can people find you online.
0: I would love, um, I would love people to come over to the Great Man Within podcast. Um, mm. We, it's 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 specifically designed for men who want to listen and learn about purpose, sexuality, masculinity, habits, these kinds of things. Um, half our but I also knows. enjoyed it as a
1: woman. Yeah, absolutely. So.
0: That's what I was gonna say. Like half our audience ends up being women because like mm-hmm. you all want to be a fly on the wall for like conscious man talk sure. and what we're doing, right? And we want to understand men more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah why the fuck do you guys do that? You know? <laughs> 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 Not saying we we always know what we're doing or how we're doing. <laughs> uh, we give our best attempts there. So the Great Man Within podcast is number one, and then um, on Instagram at Dominic Q is like, I'm just starting to kind of build out that social profile and, and uh, my, my kind of my daily thoughts go there. So at Dominic Q would be the, you know, those are the two places I would point people.
2: Okay, Ah, gorgeous. Dom, thank you so, so much for spending the time today. And not just with us, but just generally your work has been such a inspiration for our own work that we're doing in this space. And your example of being, being on your throne, you know, like setting that example of being a King is huge in the world. Um, We're so, so needed. And we hope that people go over and listen to your show and figure out what your work's all about, because that's, that's going to make us all so much better. Like just wanting to seek that integral man out of yourself. So if you're listening to this man or woman, Mm-hmm. Go over there, find out how to masturbate like a king, find, yeah. how, you know, find out how to, <laughs> to uh, bridge the gap to your fully integrated self because yeah. it's all there waiting for you. Appreciate you, Dom. Thank yeah, you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you to your incredible interviewers and space holders. It was, it was a pleasure to be able to hang out with this kind of, like, go this deep with the two yeah. of Yeah.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, that was really good. Oh my gosh. I feel like we're just really, um, we're bringing in the people and the voices in this space that are so needed and also so supportive of the work that we're doing with our own own men's workshop and such. And it feels like alignment, you know, it feels like, okay, universe, you're listening, you hear us, Mm -hmm. you're guiding us, you're giving to us, we're experiencing the abundance and I fricking love it.
1: Yeah. And I know your magic trick today has to do with Dom and so does mine. Why don't you go into
2: yours? Yeah, it doesn't, it has to do with our conversation with Dom for sure, because um, so much of the work that, you know, we're asking men to do and that generally humans like men or women, it boils down to having integrity or to becoming integral right and and being integrated and as a man or a woman being integral is what makes you a valuable part of society it's what makes you undeniably attractive Um, and it's what allows you to walk in life as a king or a queen really so it's it's one of those those parts that we can embody it's the embodiment it's hard to to verbalize it really, but it is what embodiment actually means integrating the parts of you that you may have lost along the way. So my magic trick today is to discover what inner work is needed in order to become integrated in order to find the pieces of you that you have lost. So I have some questions here to ask. Um, you can ask yourself in order to gain some clarity on where your attention is needed and where to begin your work. So pay attention to which of these questions sticks out to you and, and let that be an indicator for where to begin pulling a thread. Okay. So here are the questions. What does having it together mean to you? How in alignment are you with the true essence of being human? Can you give and receive love? And I'd also add, can you give and receive pleasure? Can you let yourself be supported? Do you have people in your life you could call when shit goes down? Could you be completely yourself with somebody, shadow and all, and be held in that? Do you have any unhealed relationships? Do you have a close relationship with your family? Do you have a perfect relationship with your romantic partner? So I'm sure, (laughs) I don't know if anyone else was listening to all that, but I was like, uh, I got to look at a lot of those places in my Mm -hmm. life. Um, But this is where we, we begin to gain clarity by doing this work. So it's about knowing what your triggers are, what your fears are, and what is and isn't right for you so that we can make decisions from a clear place, which ends Mm -hmm. up creating a better and safer place for us all. And uh, that's really what we want, isn't it? I mean, we want to have uh, the ability to live in a world where we're all living a full spectrum life, getting to experience all the good stuff.
1: Yeah. And those questions are really good. My magic trick is also questions, but there are five uh, journaling prompts or questions to get to know your sexual self. Mm. So the first one is how did you discover your sexuality? So you can think about whether it's your earliest influences. This is pulled from Dom's Instagram, by the way. Um, You can think about who your earliest influences were, what your earliest memory or turn on was, Mm -hmm. um, what beliefs, you know, formed your sexuality Um, and, uh, so that first, so the, the main question though was, how did you discover your sexuality? Mm. The second question is what are your peak sexual experiences? So think about what like your most memorable or enjoyable sexual experiences were, um, and what the elements were that contributed it to it being your peak, um, experience. Um, and then what was nourishing about that for you? Okay, the third question, what part of your sex life do you keep secret? So what what fantasies or behaviors do you keep secret? What motivations do you keep secret? Um, do you feel a sense of shame around those? Um, what would allow you to feel a sense of safety in um, no longer having those secret? Uh, the fourth question is, how has or does porn affected your sexuality? So, um mm what is the quality of your porn consumption compared to one to three years ago? So you can also compare it to the past. Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of porn do you like? How has the kind of porn you consume changed from the past to now? Um, And how has your porn habits affected like your desire for connection and intimacy with others? And that might be a harder question to ask because you have to really like have some self-awareness and introspection, but that, that, um, original question was how has, or does porn affect your sexuality? The last question is how do you feel when you have an abundance of sexual energy? Mm-hmm. So are you overwhelmed by it and seek for an immediate release? Or do you love the power and magnetism you feel and allow it to continue building? And do you know how to harness and use this energy for non-sexual outlet outlets like Dom talked about in this episode? Um, so yeah, those are the five questions. And, um, I think they can be used for a man or a woman. I, I know yeah. we think of um, men more when we think of Dom's work, but those can be used for either.
2: Yeah, that's really beautiful stuff. And and I know that question about porn, um, the type of porn you consume and how often, and that type of thing, uh, might not not might not fit for for some. Like women maybe aren't as porn you know are watching porn as much. I know some do, but some might not. So I was thinking you could even use an alternate like with the same energy of how often do you seek elsewhere for that stimulus, right? Yeah. That sexual stimulus, whether that be looking at your ex's photos on Instagram or, you know, like, I don't know the different ways, but I'm just thinking if that didn't fit for you, there's probably another way that you're seeking the same thing, essentially the same escape or the same um, way to, to jump in and out of a, of a intimacy with yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, anyways, I love that. I think I need to journal that myself. I love it. Love it. Love it. I need to journal those five prompts for sure. Be Good. To-
1: All right. Magic Muppers. Thank you so much for tuning in and taking this journey with us. If this episode held some magic for you, please share it with your friends and family. This would mean so much to us and don't forget to join us on our magic hour page on Instagram and let us know what your favorite
2: episodes have been so far. We appreciate
1: all of your feedback and want to know what is lighting you up.
2: Yes, guys. And that handle on uh, Instagram is the magic hour spelled M-A-J-I-C. Guys, we release a new episode every Monday. We have been fantastically consistent. It is almost a miracle. So if you enjoy our effort that we put into this show and you want to show us how much you love it, please go check out our podcast library now and uh, find another episode that speaks to you. And we will meet you there. Until then, be alive. Quick disclaimer. We are not medical professionals. So following any of our protocols or advice should be done at your own risk, people. And please remember to always, always do your own research tap into that extraordinary growth mindset we all have access to within ourselves and seek out your own answers. Come on, guys, you know, you know the deal. And by the way, if you are a medical professional or an expert in any topic we cover and you feel we are not giving accurate information about it, please find somewhere to contact us. Contact us via social or email us at our website and let us know. A major goal of ours in doing this podcast is to bring value to people's lives by sharing helpful insights and info. So we welcome being corrected at any time and we'll be happy to share any of our fuck ups with our listeners so as to get us all back on track to discovering our happiest, healthiest selves.